Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 90, Themed Eats. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Themed eats, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about themed restaurants, right? I liked eating atmosphere better. I was going to call it just eating out, but I didn't think that really conveyed the message that we were that we were trying to that well. No, because that more that more just talks about like eating out at Disney restaurants. And this this doesn't necessarily mean the food has to be good, which you will find out in, in one of our theme, one of our great greatly themed restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. So, we are going to be talking about Disney restaurant well, themed Disney restaurants. And like you said, this has nothing to do with whether or not the food is good. This has everything to do with the theme and the atmosphere in the restaurant. Mm, but that word atmosphere just came up. Eating atmosphere would have been would have been good. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Anyway, before we get into that, let's uh, let's go to the news. Not a whole lot of news this week, so I'm going to go ahead and knock it out real quick. First off, in general news, uh, there have been some annual pass holder special events at Epcot and Animal Kingdom announced for this fall. At uh, Food and Wine Festival, annual pass holders will receive a free chef mini magnet from August 29th through October 14th, and then a chef Remy magnet from October 15th through November 23rd. Upon their fourth visit to Epcot during Food and Wine, annual pass holders will also receive a chef mini coaster set. Now, they also get discounts on exclusive annual pass holder merchandise available, and then 10% off of Eat to the Beat. At Animal Kingdom, there are some special character greetings with Baloo, Tarzan, and Jane. And there's also a free Simba magnet available to annual pass holders. And I believe this starts later in August. Going over to Animal Kingdom, Primeval Whirl is going to be closed even longer. Uh, now it's been announced through September 28th. Any guests who have Primeval Whirl selected as a Fast Pass will receive a multiple experience Fast Pass in that tier. Over at Epcot, the final group of Leave a Legacy blocks will be removed on August 6th. That is, again, the, the last block, and these are over to the left as you're, uh, as you're entering Epcot. So that area is transformed now. It's just flat and open if you haven't been there. The Beverly had run out at all the dispensers at Club Cool. Now, Club Cool is, of course, scheduled to close on September 8th. Cast members had been reassuring people that the Beverly would be back in stock. I mean, everybody loves to play tricks on their friends to make them drink the Beverly. It is back in stock now. So if if you haven't tried the Beverly, if you need to trick your friends, go before September 8th when Club Cool closes. Over at Magic Kingdom, there is a new Dole Whip souvenir tiki bowl available at Aloha Isle. Uh, This is $10. It looks like a carved wooden bowl. It's plastic. And in my opinion, this goes really, really well. makes a nice companion to the Uh Uh-Oh! A Cup from Trader Sam's. If you are fortunate enough to get one of those, last couple times I've been, they've been sold out. And then finally, Hollywood Studios. Construction walls are down at Galaxy's Edge. The scrim blocking the tunnels down. They've got a bunch of planners and umbrellas and that sort of stuff set up with cast members blocking access. Cast member previews started on August 1st, 
and are running through the 16th. So if you're fortunate enough to know a cast member, maybe you can get in to a cast member preview. And then Disney has also announced that there will be alcoholic blue and green milk available at Hollywood Studios Galaxy's Edge. These are going to be in the form of blue milk coolers and green milk coolers. And these are going to be double the price of the standard blue and green milk. They're going to be $14 a piece. The blue milk will have rum added. The green will have tequila. Not really sure if uh, this is going to make them taste any better or if the point is just to drink the alcohol so you don't realize what you're drinking. And then finally, Disney has also announced that alcohol will be available at Docking Bay Number 7 and Ronto Roasters at Hollywood Studios. Each will have a, a signature cocktail and a beer. And again, this is due to Hollywood Studios being a little bit more lax than Disneyland on alcohol. So that is all the news that we have for this week. Before we get into our main topic, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, so themed eats, Tom. What do we got? What, what, what? Themed eats are we talking about? What atmosphere are we talking about? Whatever you want to call it. I think I think first let's let's define exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so my my definition of it and Pete, we this is totally off the cuff. So mine is when you walk into the restaurant, you feel like you've gone into a new world. What? You kind of have that sigh of oh, this is nice or like this is cool or you you get something from walking into the restaurant, right? It has nothing to do with like. I mean, you could sit down and notice details, but it has nothing to do with when you sit down what they put in front of you. Yeah, and, and I, but I think the theme, not only when you walk in first first glance of the restaurant, as you walk into the dining room or where you're going to be eating, the theme has to continue. And Disney World's really good at this. And they've gotten they've gotten better, right? As as time has gone on, I I think you look at some of the older Disney restaurants, and they're they're just that they're restaurants. And I'm thinking of. Tony's Town Square, for example. Crystal, you get a lady Crystal, in the tramp. Crystal Palace is another one. Crystal Palace, yeah, very, very true. This is something that you've ne- like never seen or experienced before at, back at home at a restaurant. This would be unique to even that experience. Okay, because I, th- I think we're I think we're good on the definition, right? I mean, and I I agree with that. I mean, give an example. I mean, what do you, what do you what do you think an example wise? Do you want me to give one of our one of our restaurants here? Well, well, no. I mean, what like. What's something that you could see at Disney that you've seen at home? Or, you know, I'm thinking of like a Mama Melrose's. So if you walk into Mama Melrose's, you've seen that at how many other Italian restaurants? 
I mean, I think of uh, Buca de Beppo is a, is a great example that is themed very similarly to Mama Melrose's. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and this is it's not Planet Hollywood anymore, but it was formerly Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs. That that's something that you can find a lot of different places. This is going to be unique to Disney World, and and on the Disney Springs note, before we dive in, let's mention we're we're, we're leaving Disney Springs out of this because they they have their. We could do a whole episode on Disney Springs top themed restaurants. I agree. There are a lot of Disney's. I mean, we went to one of them, right? We went to Enzo's Hideaway. The food was. This, the food was okay. The service was terrible. The theming was great. I feel like there's a lot of restaurants like that that we could we could throw in there, but we're going to ignore Disney Springs for right now. We're also going to ignore, sadly, the Rainforest Cafe at Animal Kingdom. I lo- Look, I love the Rainforest Cafe at Animal Kingdom, but it's available elsewhere, right? You can get that same experience at how many other Rainforest Cafes. I spent like three hours there on... I guess two trips ago at Rainforest Cafe. I like Rainforest Cafe, but yeah, not going to be on this list. Pete fought hard to include that on the list, but we we think we found. I think we have ten, ten a list of ten, maybe maybe more restaurants if you really break it down. Uh, because I know one of them has three restaurants included. But let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. What 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 first example were you thinking of that the theme is great, the food not so Sand much? on Hell Inn. In the Mexico Pavilion, it's inside of the Pyramid of the Mexico Pavilion. This is top-notch theming. This is probably Disney at its finest. I will say that if the food were good at this restaurant, it would be the best restaurant at Disney World, hands down. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know how they mess up the food because it seems like the food should be easy. But you walk in, it is like you have been transported into a market in Mexico. And there is shopping. There is a little side bar uh, that where, where um, we often go for the margaritas, La Cava. And then there's a restaurant overlooking a volcano, and some and some you know Mexican pyramids. Yeah, it's the lighting, temples, is whatever, unbelievable. The that it, it this is this is the definition of eating atmosphere. People eat at this restaurant because they think it's going to be awesome. Because you walk in it and it's something like you've never seen before. Unfortunately, the food's not great, but that's not what we're focusing on. So for those of you who are Disneyland goers, this is essentially Disney World's Blue Bayou restaurant. Blue Bayou, of course, is the restaurant over Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. This is Disney World's Blue Bayou, although it's not overlooking Pirates of the Caribbean. It's overlooking the, uh, what's it called now? Fiesta del Tres Caballeros or whatever it's Grand called. Grand Fiesta. The Grand Tour. Grand, Grand Fiesta, Fiesta. Whatever. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's a crappy ride. It'll be gone soon. It's it's still overlooking this boat ride. The scenery here is incredible. The lighting is incredible. This is what you go to. This is the experience that you go to Disney World for. And again, like I said, if the food were any good here, this would be the best restaurant at Epcot, hands down. Maybe close to the best restaurant at Disney World, period. And and you want to sit waterside here, right? I mean, you want to have a, a table overlooking the water. I don't think it's going to be a problem asking for that because nobody really eats here. We were looking the day before and could still get a, a, a dinner reservation for pretty much primetime dinner. So I don't think anybody really eats here. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I would ask for a water waterside dining. Even if it's a little, little extra weight, it's probably worth it for this restaurant because sadly the food will not be worth it. And again, like we've said, not focusing on the food, but... In case you're wondering, the food here is what you would get at a Mexican restaurant, right? I mean, it's but slightly worse tortilla chips, tacos. Yeah, it, but it, the problem is, it tastes like it's been frozen and reheated before before it comes to you. If they would redo this menu, would be top five hands down restaurants at Disney World for me, no question. I agree. I agree with you. 
So let's let's uh, let's go over to Magic Kingdom for the next one, because I I think this restaurant does a good job of capturing both the atmosphere and and the food aspect. And not focusing on that, but it's still important to me because I'm kind of a fat boy. I like to eat. That is be our guest. Now this came about as part of the new Fantasyland a couple years back when they built Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, expanded Fantasyland. I mean, this puts you in Beast's Castle. So three different rooms here. You've got the uh, the main ballroom, which is the largest dining room. It holds the most people. It's very loud. The back wall is all glass. It looks like it's snowing outside. It, it overlooks kind of a snowy field. You've also got the, what, the West Wing, and then you've got the library. I can't say enough about this restaurant. I think this kind of exemplifies theme dining at Disney World. Yeah, they went above and beyond here. You have been transmitted or transported into the Beauty and the Beast movie. There is the Rose uh, in the West Wing, obviously. It is very spooky, as you would imagine it being. The the windows, actually, you see it's snowing outside. I believe that was taken directly from the movie, that the, the snow you're seeing falling outside. And then to top off kind of the theming here, it's the only place you can meet Beast now at Disney World, which makes sense. He would be in his castle, and that totally falls in line with theming, in my opinion. This is one of the restaurants that Disney World actually tries and struggles to keep people out of that don't actually have a reservation there. They, they catch you well before you get – they try to catch you before you get near the restaurant because that, that's how strong the theming is inside. People want to get in and see what all the hype's about. I have been for uh, the lunch multiple times does not matter what time of day you go because obviously it's a, you walk in it's you know you're not going to look out and notice it's daytime when you when you're dining in there and it is loud that that may be one drawback but strictly theming this is right up there with again this is some of Disney's best work and I think Disney's moving more in this direction as you see some of the restaurants coming online and you say it's loud the the main ballroom certainly is loud and i think that's where we've eaten lunch i think that's where you've eaten lunch pretty much every time correct so i was in the library last time i think when when we went we we were in the main ballroom never and, and lunch is pick your own table but it's it's hard i mean everyone kind of wants to eat in the west wing which is tricky to get into and i will say that the west wing is a lot quieter for and this restaurant in general, I think is quieter during dinner time, especially now that it's gone to a two table service credit meal. It's it's a lot quieter. When it was a one table service credit meal, it used to be a lot more difficult to get a reservation here. It used to be packed all the time. It's not as bad now. It's still difficult to get a reservation here, but I don't think it's as bad now. And dinner is certainly more quiet than lunch is, but still not a quiet atmosphere. Look, if you're looking for a quiet atmosphere. At any Disney restaurant, go to Victoria and Alberts. I, I think that's I think that's about the only place you're going to get it. You know that intimate setting. Be our guest is not is not designed for that. Uh, the last time I went here, there were two of us. It was very loud, even at dinner time. But we were in the main ballroom, so that's 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 partially why. But I agree with you. This is some of Disney's best work. I think if if this is the direction that they go with restaurants from here on out, they're going to continue to be very success, successful because. I mean, we're what, almost 10 years out from the new Fantasyland expansion now, and this restaurant is still difficult to get in. Yeah, and, and, and that's because of the theming, because it, it transports you into the movie, and it's because the food's not the food's good. I mean, the food's, I'm not going to say it's not bad. The food is good. So a couple reasons there for sure. And, I don't, which I don't think hurts, it is one of the few places you can get alcohol at Magic Kingdom. 
Yes, you which, can. Which I think definitely adds to it. I think you're probably right. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Because it, it does feel like you have you have gone outside of Magic Kingdom at this point. And and that's that's one of those details that adds to it is you know, you can go and you can get a bottle of wine or you, or you can get a beer here. It doesn't feel like you're really at Magic Kingdom anymore <laughs> because of that. Right, right, absolutely. I totally agree. Now, I'm going to I'm going to say this next one before Pete snatches it off our list. This is Coral Reef, and this is one of those kind of the in our last episode similar to how Tipsy Ducks and Love was going to be on the list. Coral Reef is going to be on the list. This is one of the coolest restaurants in Disney World to me. You have to ask for a tank table. That is imperative to make to this being on the list of top 10. If you don't get a tank table, then I don't know that this falls in, into a top 10 kind of list. But um, obviously, it's it's primarily seafood. But the cool part is you are sitting smack dab next to the aquarium in Disney World, uh, the seas with Nemo and friends, the, the aquarium you see there, you're actually on the bottom level of that. I think they have over 85 species of tropical fish. You literally see sharks swim by as you're eating your meal. It's it's unbelievable. The the uh, the again, it's it's like you're not in Disney World anymore. You're in some awesomely cool restaurant. And then to add on to that, if you've seen Full House, or you've seen Boy Meets World. Both have had a meal in the Coral Reef. Um, Danny ate there, um, and obviously, I think Corey ran up on a date that Topanga was at there in Boy Meets World. So, he was he was scuba diving. He was scuba he scuba dived. Yeah, he was he, he was scuba diving in the tank. Sometimes you do see uh, folks scuba diving depending on what time you eat dinner there. But yeah, it's just it you constantly you know the last time we went it was let's see how many different types of fish we see and there is a chart on your table that you can kind of play along. So it is kid friendly. Uh, there are spotting guides there that make the experience that much more fun. And the food's not half bad either, which which definitely helps. Hit or hit or miss. I, I'll tell you if you go look at on the reviews, our waiter was even. Pretty candid and sane when I think we asked him a certain type of fish. He said, "Yeah, it's good tonight." He said, I, "I'll be honest with you, wouldn't order wouldn't order these dishes tonight, but these other ones are pretty good tonight." Which I I, I appreciate that honesty when I'm going to pay that much money for dinner. But like you said, if you if you're not tank side here, I I think the restaurant loses a lot of its charm. You can still certainly see the tanks, but if you're not sitting right up on the tank, it it, it definitely loses something. It loses some of that theming. Yeah, let me. Let me point out one thing about the tank side. So Pete's right. And when, when we say tank side, we mean actually tables on the tank. So there's not a, there's not a, uh, so it, it, we do obstruct view of other folks who are in the restaurant because there are tables lining the outside of the tank. It's not a situation where there's six feet between the nearest table and the tank. So everyone can kind of see there are actual tables that are smack against that tank. And, and that's what you want. I mean, that that's what that's where the charm of this restaurant comes from. That's where the theming of this restaurant comes from, for sure. And, and I don't know that I would take this off. I mean, if you think of theming in a traditional sense, like a Be Our Guest, it, it certainly doesn't fit that mold. But as far as transporting you somewhere else, I mean, yeah, it definitely, it definitely does that. Yeah, I think it's unique enough that most people would not have this at their at their home. I mean, I hope not. It's a yeah. <laughs> how many gallon fish tank? I don't. I don't think people are just. Sitting down next to that for dinner every night. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. However, I have been one place where I've seen a similar setup. Now, it's a very miniature fish tank compared to this. Uh, but yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I agree with Coral Reef here. I don't I don't have a problem with this. Again, not traditional theming in in that you think, oh, it's Disney, but but it works. So let's stay at Epcot for the next one. 
There's a restaurant that the first time I went here was with my brother and my father, and I was probably 16 years old, 15 years old, something like that. I've since gone back with my wife a couple of times. This is at the uh, Germany Pavilion in the World Showcase, and this is Beer Garden. You know, you you think of the restaurants at World Showcase, and it, and it seems like all of them have some kind of theme, right? You think of Monsieur Paul, you think of Chef de France, Restaurant Marrakesh, Teppanado. I mean, all those restaurants are themed. Beer Garden is kind of that to the next level, in my opinion. Beer Garden is an Oktoberfest celebration year-round. And it's incredible. There, There's so much that goes on. There are people yodeling. There are people playing bells. There are people dancing. It's just a, it's a really, really festive atmosphere. Plus, I mean, you get these giant beers, right? What, what do you expect from Oktoberfest? Do you expect women to be walking around with, you know, f- holding four large steins of beer? And, that, and that's what you get. You get these giant beers. Traditional German food, sausages, worsts. The food's not great. It's not terrible. It's okay. But again, this is one of those restaurants where, you know, it's just a, it's a jovial atmosphere. The last time my wife and I went, there were two, you know, it was just my wife and I, they seat you at a table with another party and they warn you that up front. They say, look, if you don't have a table or a party that's going to fill up a table, we're going to seat you next to somebody else. And they do. So you kind of get to know those people. You have fun with it. Atmospheres is definitely great here. And this to me is the exact definition of what we're looking for. This transports you somewhere else in the world. This is this is 100% unique to obviously Germany, but Beer Garden and Oktoberfest in Disney World, and not there's not many restaurants. I can think of one more off the top of my head where they sit you with other parties. There's not many restaurants that that are like that. And you, you know, you get to meet friends. You get to you have fun. It's a loud restaurant. Now Pete already touched on the food, and that's not part of the theming, but the theming is, is the main focus here. And this is unlike anything you'd experience. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't add this to the list. And it's so unassuming looking going. The restaurant is huge. I mean, the restaurant is absolutely giant. Which it should and be. It doesn't look. Yeah, it, it should be. It doesn't look like it. You know, you're, you're standing at the back of the Germany Pavilion. It certainly doesn't look like it. But it's a huge restaurant. Uh, well worth it. Well worth sitting in there for, for a long time, really. And just experiencing kind of all the acts that come through. I mean, I, I could sit here for two, two and a half, three hours, see everybody come through, drink a couple of giant German beers, eat some eat some knockwurst, and, and just have a good old time. Again, not great food, but it is what it is. The atmosphere more than makes up for it. Well, I'm going to take us over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, th- this is what I meant when I said it's more than 10 restaurants, because this is kind of three in one, I guess. Uh, we're we're going to be focusing on Sanaa, Boma, and Jiko. They all have a very distinct theme. Uh, it's a very distinct African uh, art and design type theme with each of them. They all have different menus. Uh, Sanaa obviously gives you a view of the animals uh, grazing in savannah. Boma uh, has the African marketplace type feel, fantastic food. And Jiko is probably more of a refined theme uh, out of the three. Now, here's a couple points and Pete tell me if I'm if I'm stretching this here you get Animal Kingdom Lodge for one that's a, a unbelievably themed resort you have to walk through it to go to these restaurants it, you would you are you are missing out an opportunity if you do not explore that with your dining at these restaurants go a little early or stay a little late to explore that and then two no matter which restaurant you're eating at you can walk out back of Animal Kingdom Lodge and have a front and center view of the savanna I can't promise there's going to be the giraffes and zebras and all the animals out there 
but every time I've been there, they have been. Uh, sometimes they're very close. Sometimes they're a little far away. As you know, it's free roaming, so Disney does not really control where they go. That is an unbelievable experience. Kids love it, uh, and there's also a scavenger hunt associated outside with that that all kind of comes with this. So I'm, I'm bundling all that into one because you, you get to see all that if you go to any of these three restaurants. Yeah, and, and what I'll say about these restaurants is that for me, looking at these restaurants, these are not real like kid-friendly restaurants, right? Just based on the cuisine that they offer, they're a little bit nicer, right? I mean, because you think of Animal Kingdom Lodge, it is a deluxe resort. So this is a little bit nicer restaurant than you would typically see. So not a really kid-friendly restaurant, but the theming kind of makes it kid-friendly, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. Of the three restaurants, Boma is probably the most kid-friendly. I am pretty sure they have like a kid's buffet with chicken strips, mac and cheese, you know, just kind of onto the side. Now, I didn't look for it, so I, I'm not 100% because I was obviously hitting the the portion of the buffet that all the adults would hit at Boma. But that's a really good point. But you're right. I mean, everything you see and do there fits children. Yes. And, and look, I know this is not our focus, but these three restaurants are a little bit more adventurous from a food standpoint. I think the food at all three of these restaurants is very good. The bread service at, at Sanaa is kind of creme de la creme for me. But I think these these restaurants are very good from a food standpoint. So it's worth going to Animal Kingdom Lodge just for the food. But the theming in these restaurants makes it even more worth it, in my opinion. And I would say the food, unlike other places we've... Well, Beer Garden fits this too. The food fits the theme. So we have to talk about the food. You know, Beer Garden, obviously their menu is, is based around the theme of the restaurant. Sanabo Manjiko is absolute same thing. You know, Coral Reef, Seafood Steak, you can get that a lot of places. Be Our Guest, same kind of deal. But as we talk about... Beer Garden, as we talk about these three restaurants in Animal Kingdom Lodge, I think the food is important in the overall theme. Now, are you you guys are eating at Boma? Boma? Yeah, Bo- Boma is, is probably my wife's favorite, if not favorite, top two restaurant at Disney World. You know, I know Ohana is another one that, that she really likes, and her family is is big into it. One thing that is risky with Boma, they are well known, and, and I'm, I'm going on a tangent, they're well known for their soups, but it is a rotating soup menu. You don't really know what you're going to get when you get there, so... Uh, but yeah, we'll be there in in a short short time here. That's exciting. Absolutely, it's very exciting. All right, well let's let's go over to another resort. Let's go over to Wilderness Lodge, and uh, I ate here not our most recent trip, but the trip before that uh, for breakfast, and that is Whispering Canyon Cafe. Had a really great conversation with a cast member here at Whispering Canyon Cafe. And I, I want to give a little bit of history here. Whispering Canyon Cafe was initially designed at the Wilderness Lodge to be just another resort restaurant, right? To be just no theme. It's just a restaurant in a resort. So the cast members that worked there when when this restaurant was built and when this Wilderness Lodge was built kind of took it upon themselves to develop this whole, I don't want to ruin it because it's, it's fun, but to ve- develop this whole kind of theme for the restaurant. And I'll give you an example because I think this is pretty well known. If you ask your your waiter or waitress for ketchup at Whispering Canyon Cafe, they're going to yell for ketchup, and all of a sudden you're going to have 14 bottles of ketchup on your table. There's all kinds of little games like that that they play at at Whispering Canyon Cafe. So this went on from the open of Wilderness Canyon Ca- or Whispering Canyon Cafe until really the the end of last year, beginning of this year, and Disney upper management kind of came out and said, "Look, we've been hearing from a lot of guests at." Wilderness Lodge. And look, Wilderness Lodge is a, is a very nice resort, right? So the issue that they were seeing was that 
they had some guests who maybe weren't in on the joke, who didn't know what they were getting themselves into, who went to Whispering Canyon Cafe, sat down, expected a nice meal, and were thrown, you know, had th- straws thrown at them or had napkins thrown at them. And they didn't want to play the game. Not to mention that it gets really, really, really loud at Whispering Canyon Cafe. When everybody's getting into this this game, everybody's having a good time, it gets really loud. Wilderness Lodge, if you haven't been in there, is basically a big open log cabin. And it's open all the way. I think it's six stories or seven stories. It's open all the way to the top. And so when you yell in there, it echoes and it gets really, really, really loud. That's just a little bit of history of Whispering Canyon Cafe. They're back to kind of playing this game with the guests now. There is a way to signal that uh, that you don't want to participate in the in the kind of game. You can let the wait staff know up front. The food here is pretty standard, right? I mean, nothing nothing too crazy here. When I went for breakfast, we had bacon and eggs and Mickey waffles. I mean, nothing crazy here. So, so I, again, food is not, uh, not really a big deal here, but, and theming's not, there's really no theming here other than what the waiters and waitresses do and, and how they get guests involved in this. Yeah. So I, I think you, you absolutely nailed it. I think the theming of this is the service and the experience you receive. And it is on, I mean, where do you go where you ask for ketchup and every table with ketchup in the restaurant hits your, you know, that ketchup hits your table. That's why I think this fits really well, and and I would I you know I, I understand why Disney is trying to slow down some of the games that are played here because I can under, I mean an older couple who asks for ketchup probably doesn't want to deal with the hoopla that comes with it. Well, and that was the thing was that Disney tried to slow it down, and there was so much backlash against it that they've started it back up again. Now I don't think that Disney has come out and said okay do this again, but they never really came out and said that in the first place. This was a kind of an organic evolution of, you know, of a theme that some cast members had the idea for when this first opened and this is where it's this is where it's come to. There's never really been any official sanctioning by Disney of this going on. It's just kind of organically evolved, which I think is is amazing. I think this to me speaks to the excellence of of Disney cast members. Yeah, no, I think I think you've nailed it and I, and I think uh I'm ready to take a boat ride over to the Magic Kingdom to dive in our next restaurant. God, I tell you that that boat ride have, it's a five-minute boat ride. It's great. Yeah, Pete. Pete, uh, I was staying somewhere else on this trip, and <clears throat> Pete often reminded me how quickly he could be back at his resort and how, how long it would take me to get back to mine. But anywho, we're gonna take the boat ride over to Magic Kingdom, and we're gonna go to Cinderella's Royal Table. I will be very transparent that Pete and I were going over the list, and I did not initially have this on, and I I should be ashamed of myself because what is the most iconic thing in Magic Kingdom? Cinderella Castle. Wouldn't it be awesome to eat inside of the castle? And that's what you're doing here. You can meet Cinderella. You can meet Prince Charming inside. It it appears that you are in a castle. The restaurant decoration is fantastic. You are certainly at a royal table. The wait staff is unbelievable. There is a character meet and greet associated with this as well. And a window seat is not required. So we, we talk about a tank table being required. A window seat is preferred. If I would ask for a window seat, if it's a you know an extra hour wait, probably wouldn't wait. Thirty minutes, I probably it's worth it because you get to overlook a portion of the park. Fantasyland's probably one of the cooler views because you see the carousel. But man, this restaurant is ridiculous, and I, it's two table credits, two dining credits for a reason. It is it is unbelievably themed. Now I've never eaten anything but breakfast here. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going from breakfast. The food is what you would expect from, from a Disney breakfast restaurant, right? But, but you're right. I mean, it, j- just like Be Our Guest, you know, you're, you're inside a castle. You're inside Cinderella's castle. And yeah, this, this to me is the iconic Disney World restaurant. 
you know, you look up at, at the ceilings, there are banners uh, within the castle. There are shields around the castle. It's very high ceilings. You, you, and, and kids, you know, if you have a, a, a young daughter or young son, princess, prince, you know, whatever they, they may be at this stage in life, they're going to feel like they are part of the royal party within Disney World. It's Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got beautiful stained glass windows looking out over to the parks. And, and let's not forget, this is where Matt ran away to, to have his meal. Yeah, and, and it kills me that Matt's not on this because this is where he went for a table of one and had the, I think he said prime rib. <laughs> So yeah, this this is one of the one of the you know if we if we're gonna include be our guests we have to include Cinderella's royal table. All right, well let's uh, let's go back over to Hollywood Studios and and let's go to the uh, the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. Now it has been probably ten years since I've eaten here, so I can't speak to the quality of the food anymore. Obviously, things change. Not important. I mean, to me, you go into this restaurant, you're transported back to the fifties. You're at a drive-in. You're watching movies at a drive-in. It's it's it looks like it's night outside. You're in a. I mean, the tables are cars. So you walk in. You're seated at a car slash table. There's a huge screen, and, and you're watching 50s and 60s 60s B movie sci-fi movies. Yeah, I mean it's exactly it's exactly that. It, you're gonna listen if you've never been and be like, wait, what? No, that's what it is. It is dark. It is the only odd thing about this is the way the seating is arranged because you're in a car, so you have a front row and a back row and so if you have a party of three someone's sitting alone facing the theater because because the car is facing the movie theater exactly which is which is why we didn't eat here on our last trip right because we didn't want one guy to have to sit by himself uh, because you, yeah i mean you're in a row alone so I, I say a party of four is probably best i think they have three row cars as well so a party of six probably works it, it is exactly what you think the kids menu is awesome uh, they do encourage, and, and I don't know if they still do this, but at one point, your meal was kind of served on like a Frisbee, and if you cleaned your plate, they would give you the Frisbee on the way out. It's a glow-in-the-dark sci-fi dining, dine-in theater Frisbee, uh, so that that was kind of a cool touch. And as you walk through, there, there's all kind of, kinds of mementos for the adults that they look, and they'll remember you know, this advertisement for X movie or this preview for you know a 1950s movie. It is, it's unbelievable. It, it is 100% probably the... It's probably a top three or themed restaurant at Disney. Yeah, no, I I think so. I think so. As far as transporting you to another time and another place, it works really, really well. You know, whereas something like Coral Reef, it, it's very different from that. And that Coral Reef is like, okay, you're in a giant aquarium. Yes. This, you are, I mean, you are transported to the 50s and you're at the drive-in movies. And it seems like you are outside at the drive-in movies with air conditioning. Yeah, I mean, you look up to the ceiling- there's stars. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're outside. Absolutely. So, no, I, I think um, that's that's a really good point. I mean, you, across the list so far, very different type themes, but themes nonetheless, and really unique themes regardless. And staying with your- so another, another 50s yeah, restaurant, I was going right? to roll right into it. I mean, staying with your 50s theme, 50s Primetime Cafe. In our last episode, we alluded to this, the make sure you know what, make sure you wash your hands and know what color soap you wash your hands with. It can be embarrassing. Uh, if you ask Matt, I think he got he got got. Uh, but to give you some background, 50s Primetime is in Hollywood Studios. It's it's definitely one of the favorite restaurants that parents will, will go into because the children are on their best behavior. You are in um, – you're, you're related to everyone in the restaurant, for one. You're related to your wait staff, and you're in mom's – Everybody's family. Right, everyone's yeah. family. You're in mom's house, and it has not been updated since the 50s. 
and you're going to play by mom's rules. So if you put your elbows on the table, you're going to get yelled at by your waitress or waiter. If you put, if you slouch in your chair, you're going to get yelled at by your waitress or waiter. You, you need to expect to be reprimanded all the way up to the parents. They, they're not going to leave mom and dad out on this trip. They will reprimand them as well. And even to, even to the point of not cleaning your plate. I mean, or not eating your veggies. Yeah, they're not they're not happy when you when that happens. They they do. Uh, Mom does allow you to watch TV during your meal, so there will be classic sitcoms from the fifties that play on televisions at certain tables. And these televisions leave it to, leave it to Beaver. Yeah. A lot of leave it to Beaver. These televisions are from the fifties. They look exactly like you would expect them to look. And um, it, it's yeah, it's one of the it's one of the craziest restaurants because you everyone's so polite and always looking to serve you. At Disney World, the cast members are unbelievable, and and they're they're awesome at fifties prime time. But they don't. And I think down. last I think last episode I compared it to kind of a Dick's Last Resort. It's it's like that, but they're not cruel. They just treat you like family. And and the the funny thing is, you, you start you know the first time they say something, you'll be embarrassed. I, I mean, me at my age, if I if I ate there tomorrow, I'd be embarrassed. But they say it loud enough at every table that the whole restaurant or that area hears it. So everyone's kind of laughing at everyone. And it's especially funny as a kid if your parents get yelled at because they're the ones always telling you, elbows off the table, don't slouch when you're sitting down. So this is this is one of the more unique restaurants at Disney World. It's one of the must-stop restaurants in Hollywood Studios because, let's be honest, there are not a lot of restaurants in Hollywood Studios. I mean, Pizza Rizzo is definitely – look, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Pizza Rizzo <laughs> here because, look – I really like the theming at Pizza Rizzo. I thought the theming was great. This, if, if you're into the Muppets, I think the theming is great at Pizza Rizzo. The food is absolutely god-awful. <laughs> just just terrible. Just You might as well take a piece of cardboard and put some cheese on it. But I, I think if we're talking about Hollywood Studios, Pizza Rizzo does need to be mentioned here. Okay, so we're going to have 11 restaurants. Pizza Rizzo will be the honorable mention after we finish. I've got, an- I've got another honorable mention after we finish the next one, too, that I'll, well, I, I think you'll agree 100% with. I'll, I'll roll to the next one, then. Uh, the, our final restaurant before our honorable mentions, the Jungle Navigation Company, uh, Skipper Canteen, which is the kind of Jungle Cruise-associated restaurant. This restaurant is 100% underappreciated. I, I, nobody ever says it. Nobody ever talks about this restaurant I, ever, n- and including us two on the podcast right now. I agree. This restaurant is one of the best themed restaurants. It has a secret passageway in it through a library. It, oh, it. I don't know. I, I don't know because we we don't eat there, so that's part of the issue here. And it's you watch a video on it. It is one of the best kept secrets of Magic Kingdom. We're gonna fi- we're gonna fix that, and and it, and it helps that the food is halfway decent here too. I mean. Magic Kingdom sorely needed another decent table service restaurant, and I think this fits the bill. Yeah, I mean, each room is is themed correctly for what the message they're trying to convey. I would I would request you eat in the secret dining room. The name of the secret dining room is escaping me at the moment. Uh, I'll find it here uh, real real quick before we finish the episode. But highly 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 recommend going to going to this restaurant. The secret room is the C room, coming from the mess hall, and you must pass through. Society of Explorers and Adventures. Yep, you must yeah, pass through a bookcase, and it's Society of Explorers and Adventures. That is the room you want to ask to be in because you would get the full experience of pulling the one book that is not neatly in the bookshelf or bookcase. There's one book that's leaning out, and of course, that is the latch you pull to go through the secret door. So the Society of Adventurers and Explorers was the Adventurers Club at Pleasure Island, which I don't remember exactly when they closed that down, but it was like early, late 90s, early 2000s, something like that was when they closed it down. 
there were a lot of people that were really upset about that. But but it is it is back as a secret dining room in the uh, Jungle Skipper Canteen restaurant. So yeah, make sure that you uh, that you get in there. So honorable mention, and I don't know how we forgot this, how we left this off the list. I, I guess we left this off the list because it's not technically a restaurant, but Trader Sam's. Okay, I was going to mention this beforehand, but it's not a restaurant. I mean, you can get food there, so technically, you yes, can get it is sliders, a but it's more of an adult-only place. Would you agree? I don't know. I I felt like there were a lot of there were a lot of children there when we were. I mean, not a lot, but there were several children there when well, we. Well, there were three were children at our time. table, including myself, Pete, and our friend. <laughs> but 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 there were there were some children. I would say under under twelve in there when we were there last time. And look, I don't think that you need to be over twenty one to enjoy this place. I, I mean, think about it. All of the all of the the theme drinks there, something happens when you order. I mean, kids kids love that, right? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. The 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 bar stools that sink and, and oh, raise up. Gosh, the bar I stools mean, kids, are hilarious. Kids kids can get into that. So I I don't know that you can call this an adult only place. I think after you know late night, yes, yeah, certainly. But you know if you if you go when we did during the day, three o'clock, four o'clock, something like that. I think this is a very kid friendly atmosphere. And and look, it's it's a good place for you know if you want to grab a quick snack and a drink, it's a great place to do it. But but the theming here is immaculate. the The wait staff gets into it. Like I said, all of their signature drinks have something that happens in the restaurant that that goes along with you ordering it. I mean, there's so many there's so many things going on, so much stuff happening. I I think we would again be remiss if we did not mention Trader Sam's on here. Yeah, I, I, no, I think that's a really good point. Uh, I would, I would totally agree with you there. So, and of course, Trader Sam's is at the Polynesian. For those of you who don't didn't catch on to that already, if you've not been there, if you've only ordered drinks from the bar outside, go inside. It's, it's well worth it. We spent what at least three hours there. Maybe not quite, but yeah, in the ballpark. Yeah, in the ballpark. And 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 we're kind of upset to have to leave. Yeah, if we could redo it, we would not have eaten at Enzo's Hideaway, and we would have just grabbed. Continued to pot grab stickers pot stickers and sliders, and yeah, the sliders <laughs> off that menu. So I, I, I think that's, I think that's one that we definitely need to mention at an honorable mention. Any, any others that you feel like may fit on that list, or do you think we hit everything? No, I mean, in all seriousness, Pizza Rizzo fits on the list. I don't. I was kind of joking earlier. The, the food is is atrocious, but uh, no, it definitely fits on the list. And I, I'm sure there's some we're missing, and that's what's great about our listeners. You guys will certainly let us know via email or Twitter, whichever ones we're missing. All right, well. Uh, with that, let's go to the uh, trivia question and secret of the week. So secret of the week, did you know? This one's tough to see, too. Just before the final drop of Splash Mountain, as you're, as you're going up and you're about to be thrown into the briar patch, the opening you go through, uh, there's a profile view of a hidden Mickey on the left. I had to watch a video to be convinced of this, but there is. There is a profile view of Mickey, uh, and it, it's considered one of the hidden Mickeys on Splash Mountain. So you can see that on the left, uh, right before you plummet. Most people are already looking down at the briar patch, but you can it, it's there. It's certainly there. Going to hit the trivia question of last week real quick. Uh, the voice of Leota Tombs in the crystal ball scene of the Haunted Mansion is Eleanor Audley. What other two famous Disney characters is she credited for voicing during her career? She voiced Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, and she voiced Lady Tremaine in Cinderella. Uh, so she has been quite busy uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Disney World voice category. Moving to the trivia question of this week. Uh, what show will guests be able to view every single night if they wait in the park, in Magic Kingdom Park, 30 minutes to an hour after Magic Kingdom is officially closed? 
So I, I swear we've talked about this before. This is, if you're paying attention, we have mentioned this for sure on the podcast. Never as a trivia question, though. So what show will guests be able to view every night if they wait in the Magic Kingdom Park 30 minutes to an hour after Magic Kingdom has officially closed? You can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your guesses. And this is this is every night, right? I mean, this every is Every single even, night. Even after special events. So when we were at Not So Scary Halloween or when we were at the Villains, 30 minutes after the event ended. Correct. You can see this show. All right. Anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.